to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world tipped off gaming, the topics which affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 124, the Punchboarders talk about recent plays. We draft our favorite two-player games, and we review Big Top 535 and Goblin Ball. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Ted. I'm Richie. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all the people that listen to it at 1.8 speed. That's good. Deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, good, actually. You know, that you was should, very impressive. I actually, he <laughs> did watched, you practice that? No, yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm impressed. <laughs> I bet you, if he had done uh, our last one like that, he would have he would have said hegemony correctly. <laughs> don't even, I don't, don't think even so. <laughs> I honestly, I sat there for maybe 20 minutes trying to piece it together to make it sound normal, and then I was like, "This is not worth it." I don't know why my brain just, uh, you know. Well, that's yeah. The problem is when you fill your brain with too many other things. I, that's what I'm gonna go. With. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand how people listen to it. Like Chad, you 1.5 mm, at least. So, wow, I just I can't do it. it just, I can it, only do it if I'm if it's just something like instructional that I'm just trying to get through. You know? I can do, it, but not not listening for pleasure. I can't. I can't be speeding it up. Like it drives that. Stephanie crazy. nuts if she hears me listening to it. She's oh. like, this is why you're so stressed out all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm so stressed out because you're yelling at me right now. Uh, so, hey, that was, uh, was a fantastic weekend we just had. That was great. Nice having Tim in town. Yeah. yeah. Tim That's popped awesome. in. And it's it's actually uh, this day we're recording. This is uh, Tim's birthday. So. Mm-hmm. so happy birthday, Tim. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Um. But it was great. We got to play some great games, uh, including a game that I I turned my nose up to this game. And I said, I'm not playing that. And then Tim kind of gave me the come on. And then Chad put it on the table. Chad, tell us about that game. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know what? This and, and Tim deemed this game one of his favorite new-to-me games of the month. Yes, yes, he did. Nice, and it was uh, it was Thunder Road Vendetta, just pure. Ooh. As Dan Domi said in our Slack, it's just like pure stupid fun, you know. Yeah, it was just and and Clef said it was it was an experience. It was interesting. It was definitely an experience. <laughs> However, I, there was a lot of cheers and oh my gosh, so I, much what not come from that table? I will say by the end of it, I was having a blast. It, it was. It ain't a game, all right? So don't try to say it's a game. But it is a fun experience, and it is just just stupid fun. And it was it was a blast. It, yeah. it was chaos. So yeah. what you're doing, it's Mad Max, and and you've probably seen the Dice Towers talked a lot about it. I had the Kickstarter, so I had all the extra stuff. So basically all these different road hazards plus all these player powers and different things like that. And uh, you could have... <laughs> what was it that happened to your car? So, ba- well, here, I'll explain it first. You're basically trying to get to the end of the, the raceway, which is just this road that's all in shambles with all these different hazards that you can hit that you don't know about. And you have guns on your car, plus you have helicopters, and you're just assigning dice to your different sized cars and trying to get to the end. But you can ram people and slam them off the road. Um, people take damage and then their car doesn't quite work as well, but you can also completely slam somebody off the road and annihilate them. And there's just a ton of dice. So it's, there's a lot of chaos because every player, we played a four player game and every player has three of these cars plus a helicopter that can zoom in and try to roll a die to take you out. But Clef in the middle, uh, I don't remember what your player power was, but I do remember one of the damage things you took was a nitro leak yes. where 
every die was a six. So he was shooting ahead. But if anybody slammed him at all, he just exploded. Yeah, which I did eventually. Yes. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it was... Uh, I think object, the object of the game was just to survive, right? I mean, well, you could, you you win, could by win by getting okay. further ahead as a race, but there was no way no one ever would. even did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and you got to bring those chopper, choppers and yeah. you could shoot at people. I mean, that was just, yeah, silly fun. Yeah. So, so uh, obviously, there's not a ton of control. Like, I think the first, I think I lost my car on the first turn because somebody rammed it with a, and, and then, and then the hazard that I hit was basically like a stunt die. And I, I like got slammed off the road, three spaces, and it was just completely annihilated. So there's not a lot of planning in this game. You can no. try to do stuff, but watching the chaos ensue is kind of what's fun. But it was cool. We each got each car, you know, and you had a, a large, a medium and a small car. And you got player powers, like a card that you got to put on each car. So each car had something special that you had. And then you, each person had like their own uh, player person that they kind of had. And uh, like, I think Tim's got to like re-roll one of his, uh, the dice that you, when you're trying to shoot at people. And uh, mine was, if I hit a hazard, I got some more of those uh, wild chits, you know, and like you're placing your dice and these wild chits can be different ones. And, but yeah, I mean, Honestly, what I would say is this is kind of like the next level of station fall, like even less planning than station fall. <laughs> station fall doesn't have a lot, <laughs> but even less planning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a blast. I don't ever want to play it again, but I had a blast. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, it's gotten some play. This is one of my son's new favorite games. So uh, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, he, he, we had good time with my in-laws in town. We played that. So that was good. Now you have the like super, super deluxe out. The box is ridiculous. So. It, it is. is. It's <laughs> called the maximum <laughs> carnage edition. Oh, yeah. We're counting that as okay. two, maybe three. No, two. He, I year? agreed to two. It I'll, counts as two. Okay. I'll give him two. Cause I had fun with it. So <laughs> <laughs> if people just buy the regular version, what, what's different about it? Just so, I mean, if, if so you don't, it. as I understand it, you don't have the player powers. I don't know if you have those cards to draft that we stuck mm. to our new cards. Mm -hmm. Um, the semi, of course, in the bike, you know, those those things that were we didn't play with those, but those uh, those are an expansion you can buy. Okay. So those you can buy um, separate and they are in retail. The other stuff I haven't seen yet. So, I mean, it does, does it make still a difference come with the cool cars. And the, the yes, shopping? they're just okay. not washed like that. They're okay. they don't have the just I mean, it, yeah, okay. if it matters all right. to all you. Right. So, all right. Yep. And lots of good chunky dice. So, yeah, some very nice uh, like uh Seasons type of dice, you know, yep. the big, big chunky ones. Yeah, real nice. So. All right. Well, Richie, what, did, what were you playing while we were having fun? Uh, what were we playing when you guys were doing that? I think we were playing oh, you were playing Guards of Atlantis. I think Guards of Atlantis, too. Atlantis too. Yes, that. I'm going to stop inviting Jake over because that's all he plays is Jake Guards, well, and then he, I lose everybody to play other games. Well, you know your son so. went in with his friends and bought a copy, and they've already decided that that copy is going to live in your house. So it's going to be here. <sighs> Just so you don't. All right, fine. I'll let you. <laughs> but that, I mean, that game is climbing for me for sure. It's, I got in two in that uh, that weekend, and the second one, I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be able to go to bed quickly because we killed Jake three times, like almost immediately. He kept. You're, you're, uh, I was on a team with Mason, and he was the. I can't remember the name of the character, but basically, he's a gigantic gorilla, and he could plant trees around. And Jake just kept going into the tree line and just getting just smashed. 
But he turned it around. Okay. And it ended up being a, a game by the end of it, and I did not go to bed early that night. Okay. Uh, but we, we still pulled out the win. Um, but did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I thought, or was it? Did you? Did you play the uh, the Dawn of Ulus? Did you get to play that? Yeah, one? Yeah, I played that too. That okay, night. okay, yeah. that's. I thought maybe. That's Which I, I actually well. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I because I was looking to get the the new Acquire that they just put out. I think Renegade Games just uh, re released. Uh-huh. Uh, but after playing that, because the Stuckies, I think I could trick into playing that game <laughs> yes. just with all the fantasy characters and whatnot but it's basically just a stock market game yeah. so I, I enjoyed that quite a bit i'm not i mean i'm not going to run out and buy it right but if i guess that on sale i think i'll pick that up yeah did that, you, you get a chance to play that no one? that's okay. crazy to me it like it, and you said it's basically like kind of an acquire stock game oh, 100 but yeah. what's so weird to me like it does not sound like that at all like and and just the name actually gives like oh yeah the name like is it makes terrible want to stay away mm-hmm. dawn of Ulos, Ulos, Ulos? Yeah. yeah, yeah, terrible name. It is truly a stock market game. I mean, yeah. you are you put your your stuff out on this different terrain, and then whatever character you choose, you get a free stock in them, and then on your turn you can buy stock, or you can use one of the cards that you have acquired to do something. Um, and obviously, er, and then as as they grow and you get more terrain i guess for the different races then their their stock prices keep going higher and higher and then just like an acquire when they come together you're going to have a battle however unlike acquire where you know it's whatever is the biggest one that's the one that's going to take over this one you actually have some gamemanship where you're like okay well i can use certain cards to like pump it up or you can use cards to take other ones away and so there can be a little bit of a negotiation at the table like you know hey we you know richie's got eight goblins in his hands. We can't let the goblins win type of thing. And then, mm-hmm. but yet you're using your stock to be able to do this. To win. So, yeah. yeah. So you're losing position in the, the company yeah. as they get stronger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a good, uh, there's one battle where they they stay relatively close still. Like even as they go up that stock market chart, their strength is still not too far off so that there's really no like straight up blowouts. Clear out winner. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had one where I think it was uh, Nate lost like almost all, all of his stock because yeah. he, he just didn't think it was going to be possible and he did not contribute any cards. And then oh. we made sure that he, he paid he for made that. sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I think I like about it as opposed to acquire, which is just like, a you know, oh, you drew the lucky tile and now you just wipe mine out or whatever. So, yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your recent No, I like I, I like that recent play. Sorry, I kind okay. of forgot about that myself. So <laughs> <laughs> But it, in the production, I mean obviously this was a Kickstarter. So I'm I'm going to guess like the metal tokens that Jake had were extra and whatnot, but production was unreal. It was very good. And that yeah. is uh from Thunderworks Games and Jason Lentz. And I think that yeah. that was another reason too. I saw the box cover and it's like just personally to me like I'm not big uh, anymore on role player and some of those like right. the role player universe and stuff and it it has that same look to it and so I w- I was just kind of turned off but what you said uh, is more interesting to me so it, it it seems odd to me that they went with that theme like that I mean who are you trying to pull in 
I mean, you're a choir the or you're, okay, <laughs> there you go. The Stuckies. Right. Okay. Well, you'll have to report back to us and see if it worked. That's yeah, right. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> now I was going to talk about a little small box game since we're reviewing small box. Yeah. Games yeah. This oh, episode. Okay. I got in a play of sea salt and paper. Oh, I've heard about this. I want to, I want to hear more. Yeah. Of which yeah. I haven't heard anything about it. I want to hear more. That's too. not shocking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a Bruno Cathala and Chad, do you mind looking up the other designer? Uh, it's just a, a small box, 58 card deck. And in the game, what you do is that you, and it's basically like a set collection game for the most part. Um, you'll shuffle up the deck. You'll uh, flip out two cards that will start the discard piles. And there'll always be two discard piles. And I played it at two player. Um, and the, basically there's a threshold as far as when the game will end. And it's 40 points in a two player game. Once you hit 40 points, that will trigger the end of the game. Uh, but you'll play in rounds, and the way that it works is that on your turn, you're going to acquire a new card. So you can either do that by drawing two cards from the deck, choosing one secretly, and then discarding the other one to whatever discard pile you want, or you can take the top card of the discard pile. And then you can play what they call a pair of duo cards. And then after that, uh, if you are at seven points, you have the option to call for the end of the round, but you don't have to. And what you're trying to do in the game is that these duo cards will give you, there's four different types of duo cards and they're just all associated with a symbol. So the boat allows you to take another turn when you play out a pair of those. The fish lets you draw a card from the top of the deck and add it to your hand, different stuff like that. Uh, and also a pair of those cards is worth one point. Uh, so if you play down the duo card, you can do that. It just sits in front of you. Uh, but the unique thing with this game is that you will count the points in your hand and the ones that you have played out. So when you get to that point where if you hit that seven points and there's other cards in the game that uh, will score based off of set collection, based off the type of cards that you um, have collected throughout the game and whatnot, there's a couple of different other types of cards. But when you get to that point where you can call the end of the round, you can either just say, stop, I have seven points and then reveal. If you do it that way, then everyone will just score the points that they have in their hand and down on the table, or you can say you got la one last chance. And basically you're making a bet that everyone else is going to get another turn. And then when it gets back to you, you're betting that you still have the most points. And if that's true, then you get the score normal. And then you also get a bonus scoring based on the largest number of colors that you have. Everyone else, if you win that bet, can only score their color bonus which is usually going to be smaller. It's like two to three points, whereas you could be scoring like seven to nine points plus the color bonus if you hit that bet correctly. So I really like that part of the game of the, you know, do you push it a little bit more? Do you, or do you, you know, if you think you're winning, uh, then you may want to just go ahead and just do that, you know, call the bet. But if you think you're losing and you think that your opponent is piling up points over there, you can just call the end of the round and get out of the round and start a new round. Because when the new round starts, you'll just shuffle up all the cards and you start over. But I, I really like that little, and it it's smooth, smooth playing, solid little, well, it plays more than two. I only, I played it at two. But I mean, it works great at two. And I, I'm always looking for two player card games that work well. Uh, but I could see it working with, I think it plays up to four as well. But solid little game um, and cheap, it's like, 13 bucks. That's cool. So the board game geek hive mind says it is best at two. So yeah, I could see that too as well. So it's interesting. Well, uh, what's it called? Sea salt and paper. 
Sea salt and paper, 1843. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep coming up with oh. these 18XX games that we can bring this yeah. weekend. Uh, that's right. <laughs> We're all going to uh, 18DSM this weekend. That's right, and I feel sad for Andrew. So, hey, after and what Andrew said to me at PPCon, there's no no taking prisoners. I'm 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 okay. With he it. also sold his copy of Age of Steam. Uh, he, he did. Goes, that's what he said. He goes the inferior train game. So I'm gonna go. That's all I'm gonna do. Just gonna go and play Age of Steam the entire weekend while I'm there. So there you go. That's kind of an expensive revenge. <laughs> and zombie oh, burger, whatever. And zombie burger. <laughs> we, Potentially uh, got a lot of restaurants we got to get to. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We got to get our list from Josh of yeah, all the places yeah. we got to eat. So yeah, that's 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 why we're going. All right. Well, just I mean, don't. I mean, I'll throw Andrew a couple of bucks to have some revenge. I don't care. So. <laughs> don't set your sights too high for zombie burger because so. you know. Oh, that's right. Chad yeah. didn't like Zombie Burger. I didn't. I was disappointed. It wasn't horrible. You can't. You can't trust him. I know. I can't. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I, but we'll he see. refuses to acknowledge that Pizza Pie Guy is the best burger by a pizza joint. I did not. In oh, you. No, I said that it is the best burger by a pizza joint. I don't think I totally a, agree. Have you oh, seen him yes, say that? I have said that. Wow. I said this is a first. Get, right. get this on tape. <laughs> Wait, no, say it again. Oh, crap. Say it again. Say it again. I'm just kidding. All right. So, uh, all right. To get us back on track, I want to talk about another really short card game that I played, uh, Richie. That I think you would like, actually. Okay. I don't, Clef. I don't. I think it's too. I think it's too basic and you're not playing basic games with your family. Uh, like, But I think you would like this one with your parents. Richie. Okay. It's a trick-taking game from uh, Board Game Tables or All Play, basically. They reprinted this. Um, it's a 2015 original release in Japan called Nine Lives. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen oh, this Oh, you got yeah. a chance to play it finally. Okay. Yeah. I've seen you bring it a few times. Yep. Okay. So it's uh, it's from Taiki Shinzawa. And it's one of those games where it's a it's a trick taker and it's a must follow, okay. And all the suits have the color backs on the cards, so you're looking around the table and you can see what suits everybody has in their hands. So that that makes mm, for an interesting okay. wrinkle. And then <clears throat> you're starting out and you have cats and there's a carpet board and you are putting your cat either on one bid space or stretching out over two bid spaces and the spaces are like one and five two and uh six three and seven and so on so like if i put my cat straight out at the one and five space that means i'm bidding to either take one or five uh or i could stretch and take two and six or three and seven you know like and, and stretch out and i get less points if i if i win my bid basically when I stretch out like that, but it also prohibits other people from taking that space. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. So it plays three to four. I've played it at three. It's probably better at four, but you just take a suit out at three. So it's not a big deal. Um, and what you're doing after you make your bid is obviously somebody leads. And then, like I said, it's must follow, but the purple suit, there's, I think three other suits and the purple suit is Trump. So if you win, um, and you have the highest played lead card, you're going to win the trick. Or if somebody plays a purple, they're going to win the trick. And then once you win, you get to move your little cube up, showing how many bids you've taken so far, or how many tricks you've taken so far. And then you have to take the one of the cards that you didn't play to win the trick into your hand. So then you take one of those cards. And what ends the round is when any one person runs out of cards. Okay. okay, so that ends the and ends the round, and then you score accordingly. If you're off on your bet, you get so many minus points that you were off, and the first one to nine wins. So it's really pretty 
relatively easy. There's not a huge wrinkle, but it is really nice. It was good for my son to see what everybody had. It's kind of like half playing open-handed mm-hmm. because he gets to see what everybody has as far as colors and then start to make his decisions that way and go, ooh, I can see that you guys both have purples and you probably want to play this purple, so maybe I'm going to slough. You know, I'm going to you know do this with this card. Or... Oh, that's interesting. So, kind of give people a little bit of more knowledge on what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a one that's good to play with newer trick-taking players, but it's got some interesting wrinkles in it too. And uh, so I think, honestly, I think... Uh, all play did a nice job with this with the with the reprint. It's it's nice and um, again like Taiki Shinzawa has done a bunch of different trick takers and and this is a little bit more basic one, but it's still one that I found worth playing and a, and a good time. Yep, the, I'll have to check it out. The one thing that I would say because it's a first person to nine, um, I think if you as people are learning it yet they have to be patient with it because if you take your bid and you do crossways with the the bid on the cat, the horizontal, that one space, you can get four points out of it. And so you can see like if, if a couple people mess up and one person does really well, like it's not very much to, to nine, nine lives or nine points. Mm. So you, you can kind of get a quick runaway there if you're not careful. But I, like I said, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice, nice to play of a, of a good trick taking game. What was the one that we played? We only played like a round of it or whatever that had the uh, colors on the back side of it. <laughs> I've owned the game for a long time. Um, it's it's in German. I I cannot, I could not tell you. It never got an English release. It's the it's the Chili Pepper. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just cut all that. Uh, out. No. I'll, I'll I'll put something in in editing. We'll figure right. it out. Cool. Yeah, all right. Okay. Good. But it was it was interesting on the fact that you could see people's the yeah. Back you can see what cards they have in their hand. You're trying to win, and yet there's cards that you can pick, and you're trying to basically pick uh, a suit that you think you're going to win the most in, a suit that you're going to win the least, least in. in. Yes. And then you're kind of whatever that between that, then you'll score points or whatever. Yep. And then so. every round, the the actual trump, uh, I mean the colors are mixed up, so the. Oh, yeah. The ranking of the suits changes every round, and then there's also a super trump within each suit. Is that Doppelkopf? Yeah. No. Oh. It starts with an S. It's something sharp, sharp shot. Sharp shot. There you go. Sharp yep, shot. You go. All right. Beautiful. There we go. All right. Save me okay. some editing. Thank there you. you. Go. You're job. welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we only got to play one round of it, but it. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it I've heard that that's really good, so I'd like oh. to take, mm-hmm. check it out. All right. So. What about you? What did you play? Well, okay. So we've talked about some light card games and we've talked about some uh, experiences. Uh, let's, let's talk about some war games, shall we? All right. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I really want to talk about this game because I wasn't expecting a lot out of this game when I backed this on uh, Kickstarter. But um, this game is called 2040, An American Insurgency. Um, and it is a two player, um, game and it is from, uh, compass games and the designer is Edward Castronova. And really what this is, is I would tell everybody, this is a cross between twilight struggle and a coin game. And what you are is one person is going to play the federalists and one person is going to play the rebels. And you're going to have on the board, you're going to have three different types of areas. You're going to have the city, you're going to have the suburbs, and you're going to have like a region. So like, for instance, you might have LA as a city and then LA as a suburb. And then they're all in like, say the 
the West region. And this is kind of, so the map is kind of broken up in that way. And in each of these areas, you're going to have a, a, a uh, kind of a rating from zero to four. And a zero means it's in order. Like the government is, has everybody under order and everybody's happy. And a four means they're defiant. Like they are pissed off and, you know, ready to, ready to go to, a, to war into a civil war. So, and so obviously as the rebels, you're trying to get everything to a four. And as the government, you're kind of trying to get everything to stay at zero and in order. And you're going to have different troops and stuff that you're going to have out on the board to do things. But then everybody gets dealt a hand of cards. You get nine cards and they are going to be very similar to, let's say, like, like I said, a twilight struggle where there's going to be blue cards, which are the government red cards, which are the rebels. And there's going to be gray cards, which are, are neutral. And when you play a card, if I, for instance, if I was the government and I played a red card, that red event is going to trigger for my opponent. So you really have to be like, oh boy, which of these, you know, these events, I, when, I, when can I kind of play them so that they don't affect me as much? You do have one track that you can use, which is called the social media track. It's kind of like the space race in Twilight Struggle where you can ditch an event to it where it doesn't trigger. So you kind of want to use that. But the coolest part about this game, and when I first heard about this, I was like, this doesn't, this sounds terrible. But as the rebels, when you go to do things, you're trying to put like unrest tokens out on the board, which then helps you get these, you know, get the ratings from, you know, say, you know, zero to four. But when you do it, you always are going to do them randomly. You're going to roll these dice and these this dice is going to just, you're going to say, you'll choose a region, like you might say cities or, or suburbs and you roll a dice and then let it might say, okay, uh, you rolled uh, San Francisco. And so there is where you have an opportunity to put an arrest and you might already be at a four there. And you're like, well, I don't need more unrest there. I want it in LA, but you didn't roll LA. And at first I was like, well, this is just stupid. It's just random dice. But it actually, as I played the game, it makes perfect sense because if you truly were like trying to have a rebellion, you can't just simply call up LA and say, Hey, by the way, you know, do this or whatever, you know, it's, these are just things that are popping up and doing this. So it's kind of a random thing that you have to kind of, and like I said, you do have some decision-making on which area you choose, but if you're in control of the social media, you always get to pick at least one out of the ones you get to do. So being in control of that social media is really important. And then really, honestly, like I said, you're just playing these cards back and forth. The game is not super long. I mean, I would say you probably can play a game in about two hours, if uh, you know, once you know what you're doing, maybe even quicker, because it truly is you go through the deck one time and that's it. If you can't draw the cards, it's over. There are ways to instantly win, but otherwise, it's just a normal uh, kind of uh, you're trying. Well, I should say you're, everybody's trying to get to 35 points, and if somebody gets to 35 points, they automatically win. Otherwise, at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is the winner. And I'm telling you right now, this thing has shot up as one of my favorite games. I really, really, really enjoy this. I, I mean, I'd go out on a limb right now and say this right now is my top game of 2023. I mean, I like it a lot. This is not like a wingspan, you know, best game of the 2023. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I every time I have a chance to teach somebody, I'm like, hey, let me teach you this game because it is really, really cool. And I'm excited to get more people to, to learn it. How long uh, would you say a play goes? Is it uh, comparable to Twilight Struggle or? 
Um, I definitely would say it plays quicker than Twilight Struggle for sure. So, okay, I would say, like I was kind of saying, I think probably about two hours once you really know how to play it. Okay. I think you could get it into that because you're just, like I said, you're just going through the deck one time. Uh, so it it, it, it could be kind of snappy. I mean, obviously you could have an instant. I think it'd be pretty hard to have an instant win. I think you'd have to really get lucky to get up to that 35 points. But um, yeah, I mean, literally, I think about two hours probably as opposed to, you know, Twilight Struggle, you play a full game, you're you're in for a good three hours plus, probably. Sounds so, great. Yeah. Sounds so, great. Uh, definitely one I want to, I would love to show you this. I, both of you, I would love to, to show this game because, uh, um, yeah, I'm really falling in love with it. So Awesome. I think we should review some games. No. Nope. Not just one? No. Not I'm, just two? I'm calling an audible. I'm saying Whoa. we're reviewing three games. That's right. It right, only be it. once a month, but we're going to review three games every <laughs> single episode from now on. No, we're not. No, we're oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> First review is Big Top from All Play Games, and uh, this is from designer Taiki Shinzawa, who we just talked about uh, for his Nine Lives trick-taking game. Clef, please give us a helpful summary of Big Top. Absolutely. So Big Top is an auction game. Uh, the way the game is played is everybody will start off with a certain amount of money, and you will have these cards that everybody will have. They'll start with one, which is their ringmaster. And it will have numbers on it. Uh, say, for instance, mine might have the two, three, seven, and nine on my card. And then each round, an auctioneer, uh, one player will be the auctioneer. And they will put out one of their cards from their hand onto the table to be the card that everybody is going to bid for. Now, that card that they put out in the middle of the table is also going to have numbers on it. Sometimes there might only be two, sometimes four or five, you know, it just all depends on the card. And then the auctioneer will start the bidding. So for instance, if I bid two and a card in front of me had a two on it, I would take one of my coins from behind my screen and I would place that coin over the two. I'd also look at the card in the center and if it had a two on it, I would also place a coin on it, but I would place a coin on it from the bank. This would go around in clockwise order until everyone had passed. Now, you don't necessarily have to bid a number that is on a card that's in front of you or on in the middle, but obviously that is kind of what you're trying to do is trying to cover up these numbers. And whenever you finally finish a covering up a card that's in front of you, you get that money back and then you complete that card. Each of these cards will also have a victory point total on their card that is going to be how you're going to add up points at the end of the game. Uh, there, there's Some of them are just going to be basic cards. Then there's also these clown cards that will give you different ways to score points. And then some of the cards will also have stars on them. Now, the key about these stars are they can give you bonus points at the end of the game. But if you don't have a card that has a star on it, you cannot win. You have to have a card that has a star on it. So, um, so as the game goes along, you just continue to keep trying to bid for these cards. Um, as soon, like I said, you just keep trying to complete cards. Um, the money is kind of a, if, if you are the auctioneer and somebody wins the auction, they pay you. So that's how you can get money. But if you're the auctioneer 
and you win an auction, the money goes out of the game. So sometimes you can, you know, the economy can kind of be, can kind of vary because not a lot of money's coming in. So if you get a few times where the auctioneer wins it and they spend a lot of money, it goes out of the game. Then the bids can get to be really tough because then there's not a lot of money out there. So uh, you continue to do this, uh, like in the bottom of the like last five cards, when you're drawing cards, there'll be one that says finish. As soon as that card is drawn, that's it. You take any of the cards that you have completed. You add those up. Like I said, you have to have a star to be eligible. The person with the most points wins. Yeah, thanks for that uh, summary, Clef. It's a nice little uh, little wrinkle on an auction game. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't expecting very much at all out of this game and actually really think it's a solid little fun, like filler. Hey, we've got 20 minutes or whatever. Let's do a quick filler of a game. It fits in really nicely. And it can be quite mean as well. Yes. <laughs> depending on who you're playing with. Because uh, that whole, the last time we played, I played with Brent and Clef and... I, I went for some big scoring cards early, and then as we were getting closer and closer to the end, I still hadn't had a star card, and they were doing everything in their power oh, to make sure everything. I was not going to get a star card. L luckily, it got back around to me because we got down to like the last, because it's the in-game card shuffled in the last five. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, so we got down to that deck, and then luckily it made it back around to me, and I had a star card in my hand that I was able to put out and bid on, yeah. uh, but... Yeah, it yeah. can be a mean game. You get to hold, you know, you always have one card to start the game off with, and then you always draw one, and you get to choose which one. And Brent and I were both holding on to star cards so that Richie didn't have an opportunity to get to him. So we were we were trying to screw him, and it didn't quite work. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it can, it, you can also, I think the most unique thing about it is, in most auction games, you're just naming a number that is, you know, maybe like the next number higher or whatever the case is to try to win the auction. But in this... You're looking at not only your card about what you want to bid just so you can cover up the circles on your card, but you might, like, I might look over at Richie's and he might need a, a five, you know, and I have a five on, or, you know, or let's say I have a four on my card and I, so I could bid four, but I know then Richie's going to be able to bid five and cover up his card. So I might just simply go to my next number. So maybe I have a seven. I might go, well, I'm going to start at seven. So Richie can't have that small number to cover it up. And I think that's where the really the unique part of the game is, is looking around to see what can, uh, you know, what can I bid to kind of screw other people out of not getting to cover things up? Yeah. And the first time I played, I remembered I looked at it and I, I, I did, I wasn't paying attention enough to what was behind my screen. And I went over my bid a couple coins, which is devastating because then you have to take coins off one that's almost yes. already finished and put it on another one, yeah. which really stunk. Yeah, you don't want to do that <laughs> if you can help it. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. You guys were getting Sorry. real close when you were trying to stop me from. I would have had to pull off, pull like off three yeah, coins off mine bid. when I finally stopped and let, and let you win <laughs> that bid. So, yeah. Um, and I, the other thing is it has these like clown cards that, you know, just have different clowns on them. And each one of them will have a different in-game scoring. You know, might say, you know, all of your cards that have stars on them are worth extra points, or it might say like your lower values give you like two extra points or something like that. So those can be really important to get because they can really build up extra points at the end of the game too. So uh, what'd you guys think about the art on this one? The art was, by the way, was by the Miko or Miko, Mikhailo uh, Dmitrievsky, um, who is known for a lot of stuff, not just the Raiders of the North Sea thing. You know, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't even think about the art, I suppose, when I play this game. I mean, it's just cards. It's got some 
You know, when I play it and I like put the card out, I just think of Chad playing modern art where he'd be like, Hey, this is, you know, know, I just see Chad being like, this is an acrobat. Look at, he's doing his thing. I think we did that too. Yes. I did that for you. Just, you know, (laughs) I I didn't get that. (laughs) No, no, no. no, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the theme does not matter at all, but I mean, the art is nice. The, uh, Overall, the component, I mean, it's a, it's one of the small, you know, all play boxes. So oh, they, yeah. size they, is great. Yeah. The size of the box is fantastic. They, they fit a lot in there. Uh, I picked up the metal coins that, that went along with it. Did which, you? Yeah. Which yeah. You, you played with them. I think that's all I've played with. Is that? Oh, wow. Well, I, I haven't. I haven't. My uh, copy oh, was it's the cardboard a, coins. I think it's a Brockman's copy. Is that? Brockman also has metal coins. Yeah, he has a metal okay. coins. Yeah, 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 so yeah. They're, they're nice. Yeah. yeah, the metal coins are nice. They're yeah. you know exact copies of the cardboard to- tokens that come with it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean overall production is fantastic for what you're getting in yeah. that small box. That's Absolutely. great. Uh, so what do you think player count wise? Because this plays either three or four, kind of like their nine lives card game. Hundred percent, either three or four doesn't matter. Yeah, agreed. Right. I, I really matter. enjoyed my three player games of it, and also the four. I mean it. Throwing in the extra person doesn't hurt the game as nope. far as like time wise. Everything move, runs pretty quickly, and yep. it's an auction game. So sometimes you know the more players is better. But mm-hmm. if it's playing well at three, that's that's a great thing, right? Yep, yep, yeah. nope. I definitely. I mean, like yeah, the speed is the same because you don't change any number of the cards or anything like that. So you just have one extra person drawing cards is all that's there. So nope. Uh, as long as everybody's paying attention, I mean that game can pop along and hum like really quick. Yeah, it's a great game. I like it. All right, you guys want to give final scores on uh, Big Top? Let's do it. Sure. Should we just do a rating scale right now? And we'll just yeah, let's do that. We'll just and then everybody yeah. will know for the rest of them. That maybe. makes sense. So in Punchboard Paradise, we like to rate on a six-point scale, with a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time, and a one being a game that makes you miserable. Uh, Clef, why don't you get us started? All right. And just by the way, uh, Tim and I all weekend were using the punchboard scale to decide when we were going to eat food. We were how hungry no, we are. <laughs> every like every thirty minutes, Tim would be, "Oh, now I'm a six. I'm a six. <laughs> um, rating. Gosh, that's it's tough because this is a you know this is just a small box game, and mm-hmm. so not something that I'm I'm used to rating here. But I mean. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've for this game and what it's going to bring to the table, I'm going to give this a five. I really think this is a solid game. It's very much a, just a perfect filler in this auction feel. Like, if I want to play something that's going to be a little bit more heavy, you know, I'm going to still go Estates, you know, I'm still going to go, you know, something maybe a little bit heavier, but I really like the kind of the category this fits in. And I truly could see this being a top game of 2023 for me. So I'm going to give this a five. I'm going to, I mean, really, really good, solid game. You know, I don't, I I don't think I could ever give a small box game a six really. So, but unless it was gold King, well, okay, that's true. So, all right. Well, <laughs> still going to get a five. Sure. Yeah. No, Thanks, five Tim. is a very good score. <laughs> you, you really gave up on that real quick and just made it out sixes immediately. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm giving six to the next two games just for the hell of it. So. <laughs> uh, no, but definitely five. So, what about you, Chad? I would say it, it is a it's a good game. I went out and and bought it, and uh, everybody at uh, PBCon who played it really was 
interested because it was a play to win. Was really interested to win a copy. Yeah, number and one played uh, play to win game that we yeah, had. Yeah. yeah, so everybody was was getting on that, and word spread around, which is kind of what led us to want to review it. Um, I got a copy, and I'm happy to have it, and I'm going to give it a four. It's a solid little game. It's a nice little auction game that I'm going to keep around with me. I'm going to go to uh, to the 18xx con this weekend, and I'm going to bring some games for in between while we're waiting for other people to finish their games, and this is one that I'll probably bring. So Nice. Nice. I'm right there with Clef. It's a five for me. Uh, not a timid five like your five was. It, <laughs> strong five. <laughs> strong five. For a filler, I mean, you, this is just one of one of the best fillers I've played in a while as far as like a new filler yeah. and the twist that it has on the auction uh, you know the fact that you, you have to get a start to, to even score in the game I like both of those things and it just plays quick super quick teach I think it's great game so five awesome. for me all right awesome Okay, well, moving on to our next game, which is really exciting. Uh, we are also reviewing 535, which is a card shedding or ladder climbing game from Portland Game Collective. And it is designed by Kenichi Kabuki and artwork by Sai Beppu, which is important because a lot of these Japanese trick taking and ladder climbing games have great Sai Beppu art on them. This is one of them. Anyway, uh, like I said, this is a ladder climbing game and um, your basic goal is to be the one with the least points at the end of the game. You are going to be playing out cards to the middle uh, with your hand of cards and you will play either a single card, uh, a pair, uh, triplets, or you can play a run, but you have to play one to three cards if you're starting out in the middle. And then after that, people are going around clockwise from there and they can either add to the meld. So if there is already twins out there, they can put down another for a triplet or they can add to a single card and make it a run. Now, you can add on or you can play on top of as well. So when you play on top of, you have to have higher. So if you do triplets or pairs, for example, then you have to play higher cards. And the cards, by the way, go in a five, three, five distribution. So what that means is you have one through five, it skips the number six, then you have seven through nine, that's three cards, and then you have no 10, and then you have 11 through 15. So in the pairs and triplets that I just talked about, if Richie were to play two nines to the table, I could then play two 11s, for example, or something higher, 15 being the highest, of course. But runs go the opposite way. So if Clef played 13, 14, 15, I could play seven, eight, nine on top of it. And the, the highest run there would be one and so on. The hand or uh, the central trick is ended or wiped when you have four of a kind because you can't add any more to that. Or if you have the highest run, uh, which would be one, two, three, four, five. Or you stop and take the trick if everybody around has passed. So then the person that has, has cleared that trick gets to start the next trick, and so on, until somebody goes out from their hand of cards. At that point, people with cards still left in their hand will score a variable number of points. Um, this is important because, for example, 
some cards are worth a lot more than others. The 15 and the 1, I believe, are something like 2 or 3 points apiece. Uh, the 8, I think, is something like 4 points apiece. And that is important because in this game, they have the rule of 8s. And all that means is that when you play an 8 out, when you either add or play on top of the central meld, if you weren't the one to start and you play an 8, that clears the trick. And people don't want to get stuck with eight in, in their hands. So eight can be a way to get that out of your hand and also to have control of the next starting meld as well. So there are some interesting considerations. But overall, I've just explained to you the whole game. And that is 535. It's a, It feels like kind of a family weight uh, climbing shedding game. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree that, uh, you know, it, it had a little bit of... Uh you know, had a little bit of a scout feel to it and a little bit of, you know, of like a chimera feel, but like a lot, lot simpler, you know, where you're just, you know, trying to do, but that adding to a trick, that was something that I hadn't seen done in a, in a, in a game before. And I liked that. I mean, there was, it was interesting how you could, oh, well, there's three, six, you know, 14s out there. Well, guess what? I've got the, the fourth one, boom, I immediately win the trick and then I can play mm. it. So you had to kind of Try not to let somebody set up for that, too, because, uh, yeah. So that that was an interesting part of that game. Yeah, I like how it kind of streamlined, because when I think of those card-shedding games, I think of, like, Teach You and games like that where you have, like, a bunch of different weird bombs and stuff that you have to remember, and this yes. was very straightforward right. uh, and way easier to, to grok pretty quickly. So Now, one thing I should say, this plays two to six players, and one of the one of the people who published the games, I think, at Portland... Uh, Portland Game Collective, they said their favorite way to play is a team variant. And I did not play the team variant, unfortunately. But um, you can have, uh, I think they said their favorite was three on three. So like they play six and three on three at a time. So I'd like to check that out eventually, but we just didn't get time to to try the team variant. I know, I've been liking team games here. I know, I know, me too. I have really enjoyed that. So... But uh, what I liked is I could teach I could teach this to my family. I taught this to my in-laws. Um, really easy, smooth playing. And once you once you see it, you know, uh, you can you can do it. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of variability. Sometimes with Scout, you can look and go, Ugh, I don't know if this hand is going to be any good at all. Uh, this looks like an awful hand, you know. And just what am I going to do with it? And then sometimes you look at a hand and you're like, Wow, this is great. Whereas quite often. With uh, with the f- a five three five hand, you're like, oh, well, this, we'll see. I yeah. guess we'll just see, you know, because right, right. it just depends on what what people play out and what you can add to, and then what yeah. you kind of hold back and how you end your end the trick and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You just can't tell until people start playing. I mean, you might look at your hand and go, "Well, I got a pretty good hand," or whatever. And then was the eights thing? Is that always part of the game, or was yep. that okay? So that is that, a the rule of eights is always a thing. It's just yeah. the only thing is when you play an eight to the central meld. And you've led that doesn't, of course, end the trick. That that's the only time it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. And I liked how certain cards were worth more points, so you were trying to maybe get those out of your hand quicker. Uh, so even you could never win a hand, you know, go to be the first one out, and yet still win that game if you just played it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you were careful about that, adding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and what did what did you guys feel about the production? Uh. I felt like I was looking at scout cards. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, each one of them had the same similar like numbers. And then each one of them had like a weird picture and saying or something on them. At least I, I can't remember exactly what they were, but I just remember going, 
I think even somebody said, oh, they have just like Scout, where they have like a little yeah, well, they just kind of word and picture or whatever that yeah. had nothing to do with the game type of thing. So, well, I mean, it's so. you know, it's a card game, and you you got to throw something on there. So, <laughs> better the way, than just having blank blank cards with just the number on it. So, Tim and I told you our idea for the deck of cards we're going to make, right? The, I don't remember that. The the Dan Flashes cards. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> I, I heard this. Did you hear the Dan yes. Flashes cards? <laughs> and just as you go up in the ranks, it's just more complicated patterns. Yeah, is that yes. correct? Just like a light t-shirt, <laughs> and then the next one, well, the one will just have like a simple pattern, and then it will go next pattern, and. And by the time you get to nine or whatever numbers you happen to, yeah. You'll never be able to play it because you'll just be looking at the pattern <laughs> so much. Uh, it's okay. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> so I, I thought you you had talked about this when we did play, Clef, and I, you might not remember, but the card quality was kind of weird. It was kind of like sticky. The cards were kind of, ah, they right. stuck together a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and so I love the Sai Beppu artwork. That was my favorite part of it. But I will say that the... Uh, card quality was funky, and unfortunately, the cardboard chits were a lot more flimsy than something like All Play's cardboard chits. I know that may sound silly, but like they just All Play tends to have a little bit more thickness to their cardboard. And I will say, um, uh, just for what it was, uh, it, it was it was a little bit more flimsy. Mm. Uh, so yeah, s- tiny box, which is great, but um, mm. but anyway. Yeah. That, uh, that was my one niggling thing about the production. Yeah, I definitely remember that now. Thinking the cards were not the best of quality for sure. Okay. Uh, I will say, I don't know if we, if you guys have played more than three or four, I will say I liked it at, uh, I liked it at three, but I think it's better at like four or five to me. I never got any plays in a, of six. So yeah, I didn't get any yeah. plays in at six either. It says two. I would never really play it at two. I, I wouldn't be interested in that. Uh, it might be all right at two it's a because like haggis is a great card shedding game that plays it too and that this honestly felt like in that same vein slightly haggis has some different wrinkles though i think no it definitely did it's definitely a little bit more complicated but you know if you're just looking for a streamlined card game well i guess what i would say is uh you know otherwise i just want to play haggis if i had Two players, honestly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Man, you, you, you were easy to agree right, with. Yeah, yeah, See? yeah. Chet, he's on what? fire today. How are we disagreeing with Chad? This is ridiculous. I mean, I know his birthday's coming close, yeah. but he's not here yet. <laughs> so, all right. So, you don't have to agree with me anymore. What would you guys give this game if you had to rate it? Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm definitely not looking to seek it out, and I don't really think it'd be. Let's be honest. There are better card shedding games for me or, you know, or same, you know, or trick taking or whatever, just in that small card game. I'll give it a three, probably a low three, but I'll give it a three. I'd play it if somebody said, hey, let's play it. Yeah, I'm interested in the team variant. Kind of curious. On yeah, what I do want to play the team variant. All about, so, I mean, that might change my rating. I'll but. tell you what, we'll try to get in a team variant play and we'll update you. How okay. about that? Yeah. yeah. I was at a four till you reminded me I could just go play Haggis. So, I guess I'm at a three now. <laughs> Man. Uh, uh, no, but I, I, I like it for a, you know, just a family weight card shedding game. But there's, I mean, there's so many of them. That's the problem. Is yes. That this is going up against a, a lot of other games that I could play instead. There are, but I like this one for the ease of play with others. Like yeah. I, like you said, um, some of those other ones you have to sit down and, and explain a lot more and it's more intimidating. I even felt like, Honestly, with my mom, 
uh, this was easier to explain than Scout was because my mom was like trying to turn. Same stuff with around. my mom. Like, my... What the, would you stop that? And she's like, "Okay, I give this to you." And it's like <laughs> in that in that movie Made, where Vince is tr- Vince Vaughn's trying to understand what a per diem is. He's like, "And I would do this with what?" You know, like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I I I taught my parents Scout, and my mom had just a hell of a time with Scout, and it, like two. You know, two turns around the table, all of a sudden she just laid down her old hand. <laughs> and then she was like, I was like, I don't get the point of this game. You just put them in order. I was like, no, that's you're not listening at all to the rules. <laughs> you can't just put move the cards around all you want. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, boy. Uh, that is great. <laughs> all right. So two threes from you guys. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a four. I, I, I like I said, for ease of play, I really like this game. The production knocks it down just a smidge for me, or it might even be a five, but um, I, it's one that I will definitely keep along. I, I like it uh, better than some of the other uh, card shedding games out there. So it, it's definitely in, let's say it definitely has the potential to crack my top five of card shedding games. So there you go. That is five, three, five. Nice. Richie, take All us right. home. All right. So the last review is going to be, of Goblin Vaults, which uh, Chad's going to look up the name of the designers for okay, us. Yeah, yeah, Chad. <laughs> and this is also in uh, the Thunderworks role player world as well. Uh, and the the theme of this game is that you're goblins in prison, uh, and this is like the the gambling game that you guys play in the you know out of out of oh, the sight yeah. of the guards. I definitely got that feel. Yep. Okay. yep. <laughs> uh, the designers are Keith Mateka and Eric Schlautman, and it is from Thunderworks Games. And so in this game, you will be dealt 10 cards, and the, the game lasts nine rounds. And so at the very beginning of the game, you're going to take one of those cards, and you're going to put it into your vault. And that's kind of where you're going to be doing most of your scoring. So in the a vault uh, is comprises of four chambers or columns and then each column can hold three cards in it uh, so then after that after everyone has chosen their vault card to start the game with then you go into the game and every round is broken into three parts there's the scheme phase where you are bidding on new cards to add to your vault there's the vault phase where you're adding that card to your vault and then there is the warden phase where whoever the start player was for that round can change what they call the warden card, which is essentially um, the trump card for the for the round. So going back to the scheme phase, when you go to play a card, there are going to be three cards that are in what they call the block, and those are the cards that are available to bid on. Uh, and then above those cards, there will be the warden card, which, like I said, that will be the trump suit. And then also each card has a suit, a faction card, and then a tier icon on it. But when you go to bid on a card, you can either uh, just play the card if no one's played there you'll just put your token down on it just to mark that that's your bid or if someone has already bid there you can either outbid them by playing a higher uh higher rank card or playing a trump suit to to beat their card or you can underbid and when you underbid you have to be able to place a gear which is the currency in this game and also uh your victory points you'll have to place a gear on the winning bid Uh, after everyone has played a card then we'll go to the vault phase where you'll resolve the different bids. If you're the only one that bid on the card, you'll take the card and then your card that you use to bid on will become uh, the next card that's available on the block. Uh, if multiple people have bid on it, whoever won the card, once again, they'll put their card up and uh, they'll take the card that they bid on. And then everyone else will actually receive the card that they placed to bid on. 
that lost. And then that will go into their vault uh, wherever they want to place it at. So uh, that's pretty much the the game for the most part. Uh, like I said, there are some warden actions that would, would, when you play uh, the matching faction icon that will allow you to either make a move within your vault or to draw a new card and replace one of the cards in your hand. Uh, but other than that, the, all the warden phases at the very end of a round is just that star player choosing if they want to, to swap out that warden card, which will change the faction icon and the, uh, the Trump suit essentially. So at the end of the game, you're going to score your vault. So like I said, there are four columns and then there's three tiers within each column. If you have the card, uh, matched up with the exact tier so if it's a card that wants to be in the the second tier of a column it's going to score you points extra points for that uh, then also everyone was assigned a faction icon at the very beginning of the game you'll score two points for every card that you have that has that faction icon on there and then also at the very beginning of the game there are three scoring cards that are placed out there's one basic scoring card that's in every game it's two-sided so it's going to be one of two scoring opportunities and then there are scoring cards in every suit that is available. You only play with two of them, but they are also double-sided, and they will give you some type of scoring based on uh, that particular suit. So if it's the green suit, which is the tome suit, it may some say something like you will score extra points for every uh, chamber that you have that has two tome cards in it, something along those lines. Uh, but after you play the nine cards... You'll score up your vault, and most points wins. So that is Goblin Vaults. What can I say about Goblin Vaults that hasn't already been said? <laughs> I mean, you don't well, just don't say any rules. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this game wasn't for me. I don't okay. know what it was. It just didn't. I, I just didn't see... I don't know if I just didn't quite see the strategy or I just didn't. I mean, I understood it. I, I kept, as I kept saying, I understood what we were trying to do. It just, I don't know if I just found the auction to be very mundane. I mean, we're just putting down a card and then I just didn't find that very exciting. And then I didn't find it very exciting to be trying to put these things in order. It just was not for me. That's how I'll put it. There were definitely choices to be made. Like, like when you put down a card into the, uh, into the auction, you have to consider like, if I put this out, it's a suit that is of the faction that my opponent will score more points for. Do I really want to put this out? Or that's if I win the auction, you know, or if I, now one of the things I like that, that when games do this and it, and one thing that it did wonderfully is the gears are points, but they're your money. So anytime you're, mm -hmm. you're bidding on, on uh, with your own victory points that's always interesting to me and always makes for better decisions so that part i did like but yeah i i have to agree with clef that i saw what it was doing but it was almost like there weren't a, it wasn't difficult there weren't a ton of rules but for what the rules were i felt like i don't know i just felt like they got in the way a little bit they were just like sort of if you want to score this way and after we played these games that it seemed like they were streamlined and simple, I, I wanted more of that, you know, and this wasn't horrible, but it almost seemed like it was more rules than what I wanted there to be for the interaction that was present. Hmm. Like see it for me, at least in this game, this is definitely a game where you need to be looking around the table. So if I have like the perfect card, then go in my vault and go in the correct tier, then 
I need to, and I want that card back, I'm going to have to underbid somewhere. So I need to look over at Clef's vault, look at Chad's vault, look at um, Joe's vault. And who, where do I think they're going at? Where can I place this card at where I think I'm going to get this back? Um, so, I mean, I like that interaction there of like when to underbid, when to play that, your, the warden faction, so that you can make that switch in the card. Because once you play the card into your chamber, you can't move it unless you do a chamber or a, a move action. So you're going to have to play that warden uh, faction up there, which you, you also have a little bit of control of at the end of the round if you're the start player that, that moves around. I did like but, that. Yeah. I mean, that that's for me where the, the game is as far as looking around the table and trying to figure that out on top of trying to score each one of these opportunities to the max that you can. <laughs> Chad and I didn't know what we were doing, so ha ha! I need to figure out what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I understood it. I, I, you know, like the the last game we played, I I I won it, but I I just felt like there. So when there are, I guess I'm, I'm moving away from like objective. I will still play them, but I'm moving away from excitement with objectives out on the table. Like try to do this objective, try to do that objective. And I think that that is what uh, wasn't as exciting to me. Like kind of like, here's a goal shoot for that sort of thing. I just didn't like every time I went to bid, I was just like, okay, well, all right. So I could try to get that one. Okay. I'll put it here. I just, just didn't, it didn't capture me. Which, you know, obviously not every game is going to capture no. you. That's just right. how I felt about it. Right. I could see some people who maybe like a little bit of a, you know, not... Because, I mean, I feel like it was simple enough. I mean, you were just putting out a card, bidding and trying to put it into your thing. There were some other little minutiae of the changing of the thing. And then you got the, what were they called? Chamber actions? Is that what that was Warden called? actions. Warden actions, yep. you know. Um, but it just didn't do enough for me to say I want to explore this game anymore. I just felt like, and that was after just one play where I was like, boy, I just, I don't see anything here more for me to try to, to, to want to play this more. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I can understand there were some things I really liked, but overall, I guess, like I said, I, I wanted to, I wanted to see uh, more, uh, more interactivity. I know, I know what you said that you're kind of looking around and I, and I agree that, you know, uh, you're, you're definitely doing that, but um, I, it just felt because you're working so much on your tableau that it, it was a little bit more heads down than the other games that we played, I guess, is what I would say. So right that's all. Right. Um, well, we're well, not trying to rip on your game, Richie. No, no. But, uh, well, I definitely didn't design the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not my game. So <laughs> what would you say, though? Uh, you've had the most plays uh, of of the three of us this yeah. game says it plays one to five uh that's a big range what would you say oh the one in two player it's a variant that i would not recommend playing because basically it just introduces randomness to the the game and has basically a, a bot player bidding out there so that you it's like you have a third player right uh definitely four four or five is what you would want okay because you you'll get more of that interaction of you know knowing when to underbid or knowing when you want to you know, try to take something away from someone as well. I mean, I also like that as well. Is if you can see, you know, Clef wants this card and he needs this card to go into that particular spot, and I can trumpet, take it away from him, as as an option as well. But yeah. and yeah, and that the one of the last games we played of it, um, Joe kind of took a, a card away that might have 
cause you I don't, you were you would be at least close to my score if you wouldn't yes. have gone over yeah. it. Yep. So and that was right at the end there where he kind of took that away from you. So I mean, it's I don't want to I don't want to make people think that it isn't interactive. I guess, like I said, I guess I'm just comparing this maybe unfa- un- unfairly so, but I'm I'm comparing this more to the other two where it felt like uh, those were a little bit more above the table, and that was because of the tableau building, maybe just a smidge heads down. So, all right, mm, absolutely. Well, let's get this rated. All right, you're looking at me. Looking at you, Clef. What's a rating scale for a one? <laughs> a game that makes you miserable. I give it. Okay, it didn't make me miserable. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> but uh, what, is, what is the last game that made you miserable that you gave a one to? I think it was Root. And he no, just can't. Really, your last no, one? No, I gave a one to that uh, Thunder Quest. Thunderstone album. Quest. <laughs> Thunderstone Quest. <laughs> did you oh, play yeah, that did. after yeah. Root, though? Oh, okay. my God. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. That okay. game was god awful. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna give it a one because I would. I was not miserable. And if like if somebody was like, "Hey, Goblin Vault's one of my favorite games that I really like to play it," I'd be like, "Okay." I mean, it's not gonna take long. I mean, what it takes maybe 20 minutes, maybe at tops. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fast a game. fast you, little nine game. cards you're playing. Right. Yeah. So I would play it again, but I mean, it would have to be somebody'd have to be really say like, "Please, will you play it with me?" Otherwise. I'm never going to play this game again. I'm not looking to, to ever even try it again. I definitely don't see anyone so, begging to play Goblin Bowl. I would yeah. <laughs> not think so, but yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to give it a one because I th- I think the design is fine, and I think that some people will find that interesting and find looking at other people's tableaus and trying to figure it out. I think that they might enjoy this. So for me, I'm just going to say it's a two bordering on a one because it just was not a fun game for me. This game for me was a three. It's an okay game. It's just, like I said, there are so many card games, so many games out there, and then so many uh, filler games that, like, Richie, if you're like, okay, I brought this, you know, let's play it. It's so quick. I'd say, sure, fine. Um, but it's it's not one I'm going to seek out or, or want to play, and I would honestly probably predict that it won't be in your collection in a year from now. But that's just my mm-hmm. prediction. I've gotten to the point where I just don't get rid of card games. Because I, yeah, because I just ended up getting them again. I just bought Potato Head Men again. <laughs> you did, <laughs> and I, I bought I bought a Nunzi, which is a, a Eternal. Um, I think the original game was Eternal, which I had, and I got rid of it, and I just rebought the the reprint. Well, um, see, now so I, I think you'll play Potato Man with your parents, but you're not going to play Goblin Vaults with your parents. So no, I know, and I agree with you there. As far as there are, it's it's. I mean, I, I would say that it, I mean it's streamlined in the sense of. Like you compare it to all the games that we play. Uh, but when you're talking to like someone, my mom, who has a, a real hard, uh, you know, under, she didn't understand Ticket to Ride at first. We got to the end of Ticket to Ride and she revealed her tickets. She hadn't completed any of them. And I was like, what's happening here? Mom? <laughs> I would agree that it's not definitely not for her because there's are like keeping track of the ward in action and stuff like that. It's just a slightly too far for that. Right. And I'm not that far off from you guys. I'm at a four. It's a game that I'll play. I got no problem playing it, but it's also not something that's going to, you know, be in my top list of the year. I think it's a solid little card game. And if you're looking for something that's kind of that, you know, a bidding card game, I think that's this will satisfy you. Uh, but it, like I said, it's not gonna, going to be like your top game of all time or you're going to be begging to play this game or anything like that. Sure. But yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, there you have it. That's our trio of games there. Nice. 
Guys, I'm right. itching. I'm itching. I know we've talked a lot about about team <laughs> games, but I'm, I'm really get that excited. Out, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I should oh, get yeah. that checked out for sure. <laughs> well, I will in a second. But I really want to do this draft because I've we've all been excited about like uh, some some trick taking team games and stuff like that lately, and some you know some allegiances and that kind of stuff. But I'm excited about this draft of two player only games. worrying me there for a second when we started talking about team games i was like did i get the wrong on what i was supposed to draft <laughs> i'm in trouble okay so we're doing two player only they they could potentially say one to two player but it says best with two players you know right not, yeah mean, not some not two more than might have a yeah. yeah a solo variant that is probably yeah yeah, yeah. You know, out there just just want to make sure can't support you know, more than two right 100 percent. how about that yeah right. sure okay all right, so Richie, let's uh, you and I roll off. Oh, we got to talk about the draft. Um, what What do you mean, you and Richie roll off? Because I think uh, like the, the past two, I don't think have been put up. Yeah, no so, polls have yeah, been put if, up. If, if, Whoa, since no, no polls no, have no. been put up, and it's somebody's responsibility, I think. I the, think the, that that no. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know how we all how we how we make decisions around here. Two people feel really strongly about yep. something. I am I am uh, <laughs> playing this draft under protest. This so, is a bunch of if you, horse. If you want to be involved in the role next time, horse. put the poll. <laughs> Nine, five. All right, you know, Chad, I'm going to give you the first pick, buddy. All right, cool. Because what I've realized when I was going through this list yeah. of like two player games, there's mm -hmm. some some big heavy hitters out there that if I want Joe Farrell's vote, I should probably pick. Mm -hmm. But honestly, when I go for a two player game, and it might be just because I play with Jessica and Knox most of the time for like two players, right? I'm looking at lighter stuff. Okay. So I'm going to give you the first pick. All right, uh, Clef, you, you can get the turnaround, buddy. Okay. I uh, just want to make sure this is under protest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Richie, uh, are are you supposed to still tell everybody how we draft here at Punch Board Paradise? Oh, yeah. I guess we should probably do that. Yeah, I'll should. probably be punished if I'm not doing my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's going to take one away from you in the pool. <laughs> so at Punch Board Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. And we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. And Chad's going to get us started here. All right. Well, this is an easy pick for me because I've been playing a lot of it recently. I even the only thing I usually play online is 18xx uh, just because that's the only way I get it played most most times. But I have actually been playing this app because I have it on my iPad now. And uh, so I'm just going to go with the, the King Daddy Twilight Struggle. This is to me one of the best. Um, it is it's so good. And the more you play it, the better it gets, I feel like. Uh, it's just somebody is uh, the Soviet Union and somebody is uh, the United States and you got to make do with your cards and it's all about timing and playing the right cards at the right time. And yeah, it's just so good. Uh, I, I can't say anything more about it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's my number one. I'm, I'm glad to pick Twilight Struggle. Yeah, he's got Farrell's vote. <laughs> Plus a little salty over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is baloney. I'm, uh, I'm going to write a note to the board. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. I did, well, 
I did get to teach Tim this though when he was here. Yeah, uh, which yeah. was nice. great. And, I mean, yeah, uh, he loved it. So it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. And they got an, they announced the other like lunchtime one. Mm-hmm. Here, another right? another twi- like there's a red horn one and yeah. there another one that they're doing. Yep, that's another part In of the conflict. South Pacific or something like yep. that. So yep. blah blah blah. Hey, hey, I said, if if you are only have an hour and you want to get the full, exp- it's not the full experience of Twilight Struggle, mm-hmm. right? But if you want to get some get of that, of it's it. still, yeah, yeah, it's still no, worth, not the, better than no taste. I'd rather play three rounds of Twilight Struggle. And <laughs> I, right there. But you and your Friday night group are, you're oddly okay with not finishing games. Yes. To it's the point. Norm. <laughs> it's pretty uh, On Saturday, the entire day, we finished... Liberty or Death. Yeah. That was the that only was it. game. <laughs> and you played Saturday. a lot. Hey. Um, well, I will tell you, Saturday night went off the rails. I mean, we got into Lonely Island. and was, it, there, there was a point it where he, they were trying to get Tim to laugh at anything anti-Donna. Oh, which, yeah. That went over very poorly. Wow. Yeah. We could not get him nothing. I mean, no, it was, which, honestly, the ones that we were, well... I still like cheese. I don't. Oh, I don't know how so you don't good. like cheese. Tim. Uh, that's that's like wild. So good. <laughs> uh, well, I told him it needed to be the don't look. I'm looking. Oh, it's my turn to look. Oh, marriage is imminent. That one. But, uh, but it, I don't think problem, you would have liked that one yeah, either. The he, problem Tim kept saying is is and and I agree. Like when Tim Robinson does a skit, it's like a normal natural skit, and then it goes off the rails for whatever's going to happen. Right? You know, like lunchtime. You know, you can't skip lunch. It's it's normal. Where Auntie Donna is extremely over the top immediately. Like right. there is mm. no like let yourself into it. And he just didn't like the fact that it was just, you know, yep. it's so, so over the top immediately yep. that, uh, you know, like even cheese, like when he first says something about it, you know, they do that silly, you know, like Broden's laugh is just so over the top or whatever. Yeah. That's where we lost it. And uh, anyway, so. Uh, we'll start a new podcast on Auntie Donna versus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Richie, save us. Speaking of getting <laughs> getting off the rails, yes. <laughs> what was your number one? Uh, like I said, I when I go for a two player game, I go for lighter stuff for the most part. When I get the choice to actually pick, so my first one, I'm going to go with Seven Wonders Duel, which has just been yep solid a, a classic game for Jessica and I. Game that will. I'll play just base game. I think is still fantastic. Uh, the second expansion, meh. But I really enjoyed the third expansion with the Senate as well. So that that brings in a nice wrinkle when you want to mix it up. So I would agree with you. But after I've played the expansions, I, I think I just like playing at the base game the best. And that's usually what I set up part, is just the base game. Yeah. So. I, all of a sudden, it seems like I'm trying to remember too many things in the game when I start getting into those expansions. Agreed. And, yep. Uh, yeah. I. I have to. I would agree with you on this one. This is one of the best two-player games, and I love the mechanism of of multiple ways to win. Just makes yes. it so yep. so well done. Yeah, Good near pick. the top of my list. Good pick. Uh, I am still able to pick games this draft, right? Sure. Uh, actually, I like that idea. Oh you, yeah, you got to sit out Shut around. Up. <laughs> <laughs> out of here. All right, I guess you can pick one then. All right. Well, I am definitely going to pick. Uh, really, probably the only block war game that I will pick, and this is absolutely to me the best two-player block war game uh, that's ever been made, and that is Sekigahara. Um, this game is just absolutely tremendous. Um, it's not like a normal block war game where it's just all dice. It is cards and you will have like a large force of blocks 
and you might have, you know, and the, your opponent might be worried about it, but you literally might have only one card in your entire hand that can activate any of what, you know, one of those blocks. And so it's a really cat and mouse type of game of, well, I could go in there and, you know, they might have all the cards and just destroy me and, or they might not. And I just like, I like that. I like there's variable ways to win. Um, but you're still only going to play seven rounds or seven weeks as they put it. And then at the end, it's still just uh, points on who has the most, um, you know, uh, uh, strongholds or whatever that they're called again, palaces. And, uh, and boy, if you get the uh, good old uh, Ryan Brockman 3D bit space uh, little castles that he made, those make it so nice so you can see who owns which castle. Uh, but I absolutely love this game. And like I said, by far my favorite two-player block war game. So Seki Gahara. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my second pick, I am going to pick um, not a war game. Not a, not a, a block war game at all. I'm going to pick a Reiner Knizia game. And I think this is for just pure two player card game that you can play. There is nothing better than whatever you want to call it, either battle line or shot and totten. The game's just is, it's, it's a, it's a perfect game. It is so simple yet. It's so strategic and it's so like, I mean, okay, you start to think, okay, well, can I win three stones by doing this? Or, you know, I got to spread this out and okay, how am I going to slough this card off without letting my opponent know? And you don't want to show too much strength in areas. There's so much going on in your head for a game that is kind of random. I mean, you are just kind of trying to draw cards and hope that sometimes you draw into it. And I would say this is very similar to me as another two-player game that somebody might draft here. So I don't want to say it, but where that's a little bit more, you're just kind of trying to get lucky, where this one has a lot more strategy in how you're trying to put those cards down. And I'm not a fan of the uh, the powers in it, because then I feel like it kind of gets a little bit too off the rails, you know, kind of wonky. I like just the straight, no powers, just play it straight and try to win the, you know, the five out of uh, nine or the three stones in a row. And uh, yeah, so battle line or shot and totten, really the same exact game, just depends on you know, the art. So, so would you give this a six for a small box game? You did say the perfect game. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. I, I think I would. Now that's you know, are those going to make top tens or twenties of all time? No, for not me? necessarily. No, but, but yes. Yeah. But if I was just like you know, and that'd be interesting if we just did maybe you know a top ten of uh, small box games which I really, you know, which is different obviously than two player games, but I definitely would say, you know, that's, that's a six. I mean, top 20 small box games. Yeah. Yeah. Or, that or yeah, that, that would be good. And we had talked about too, doing a draft of only card, you know, like just card games, like, like mm-hmm. just card games. And that would be good. Just. Card yeah. Games. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. So it'd be good for that. No, I, I, I think it is a really great design. It is a good pick. Um, uh, just a, a really good example of what you can do with minimal rules. It's vintage Kinesia. Yes, absolutely. So, All right, back to you, Richie. All right. Uh, this one, also very minimal rules, small box game, and it is Air, Land, and Sea. I put Critters at War because mm. that's the version that I have because that's good. the version. I had the regular Air, Land, and Sea, and I had tried to get Jessica to play it several times. And she didn't want to play it until I got the Critters at War version. Then I was like, hey, you want to play this card game? She looked at the box. She said, yeah, I'll play. Ah, so, oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, so theme does matter sometimes, but yep. uh, but just a fantastic little card game. I just love the the fact that you can just get out of the round if you you think you're losing and you don't want to give up even more points. Uh, I like that mechanism in the game uh, and just uh, just a solid little two player game that you can go back and forth with. I have not gotten a chance to, to try these the standalone expansion, um, but I, I picked it up though and I've, I've heard good things, so I'm I'm excited to try that too. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, that was on my list as well. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, my next pick is one that has been in my, I'd have to look back to see if it, if it was in my most recent top 10, certainly in my most recent top 20, uh, of all time. So I got to still pick it. Uh, fields of Arl is, uh, is my pick. And now this had an expansion that let you play it at three. That's okay. I don't, I mean, I like that expansion, but I don't always play with it by any means. Uh, and so I, I still really like Fields of Arl. It is uh, one of my favorite Rosenberg games. It's just greatly calibrated to to do what you want it to. I like the way that the upgrades work, um, sometimes even better than they work in uh, Feast for Odin in this game. And uh, yeah, I like I, I like basically that you're getting better at certain worker placement spaces too as you go. So uh, Fields of Arl is my second pick. My third pick is, there's so many different ways I could go. I had Seven Wonders Duel High. That was a good one. Um, I've got one on here that feels like it's just a, um, it's it's a good game. I really like it, but it's also kind of like a, a nostalgia pick. But I think I'm going to go with the design for me. And that is, uh, I think uh, this might be the only one that Andreas Steiger has designed. And that's Targi. Um, that's a really great little wrinkle it's a worker placement but it's a really great wrinkle on worker placement where you're placing across a grid and where your two intersect you're going to get the actions of those um and you can kind of block people in certain ways going around as well and um really nice really nice wrinkle the uh, expansion is fun to play with too but it also almost it loosens things up a little bit so sometimes i i like just playing the base game so uh yeah targi is my number three all right, good I pick. had that on my list. Yep, good one. I still haven't played the expansion for that. I need to. Oh, but. it's good. Is it good? Yeah, I like yeah. the expansion with it. Yep. All right, my next pick, uh, I have tried just about every two-player trick-taking game out there, and this is the only one that I have enjoyed, um, and that's Jekyll versus Hyde. And, uh, like, I got, I don't think I have to worry about you guys picking these. So, like, Fox in the Forest, I, I just wasn't a fan of. It just kind of seem to play the exact same way each time uh claim i claim's not terrible but it's not great either uh but jekyll versus high just that you know one person's trying to get you know all the tricks or you know just that i, I like that balance of going back and forth and uh, also fantastic card quality and fantastic art on the game so uh jekyll versus hyde for my uh, two-player trick-taking game Great pick. I am completely 100% uh, with you in that sentiment. I've tried really hard to like Fox in the Forest, and I'm with you. It just, yeah, it just, it just feels like it, it wants to play. It just feels really repetitive after a while. I claim I have, but I've never played just because it, it feels kind of wonky. But um, it, Every once in a while, there's some good interaction with the different factions in it, but for the most part, most of the factions are just kind of boring. So and that really is Scott Alms, who yes. his by far his best design to me at all is another two player game. I don't know if it'll get talked about, but we'll see. Okay. 
All right, Cliff. Okay. So, well, for my third pick, um, I am going to pick the, I'm going to pick the other struggle game, uh, which is even, boy, can even be longer and more grandiose. And that is going to be Imperial struggle. Um, I wish I had more of an opportunity to get this to the table because it is such a great game. It is in a way exactly like twilight struggle and in a way, absolutely nothing like twilight struggle. So obviously it doesn't have cards in it. Um, well, playing cards each turn, you have different ways to choose your actions, but yet the board is still the same way where you're trying to control areas and do different things, but it just is spectacular in the fact that you're not only trying to control different areas for things, but you're trying to control like the, the resources, like the cotton and the spice. And yet you also have to worry about the war. There's just everything about this game is so, so great except for the time, because it is hard to get it to the table in that sense. And not to mention the setup is, is kind of a bear, but I still think this is a hundred percent, a great game as a two player game. And is it as good as Twilight Struggle? No, it's not, but it is very close to it. And so my my third pick is going to be Imperial Struggle. So I'm going to give you my number, my last pick here. And I might get some controversy on this. But when (laughs) I said to myself, what is a great two-player game? Well, obviously I said Twilight Struggle is the best two-player game. And then I said Sekigahara is the next, but... When I said to myself, what is, what ha, what game, first of all, have I played at two players more than any other game in my entire life? And so I said, I have to pick this game. And yes, people are going to say, well, but you can. But that is not the way the game was intended. It is not the way that tournaments are run. It is not the way that it has been played for, you know, especially when it started for a while. And this is a two-player game, in my opinion, and only a two-player game, and that's Magic the Gathering. It is a two-player game. I it thought you were going to say Crokinole. <laughs> you started talking about <laughs> tournaments. I, and... <laughs> uh, I mean, when you talk about this, is it is two wizards dueling on a plane, and that is how it was presented when it was first started out, and that's the way the natural, pure game is supposed to be. Yes, I understand that many variations have come, and I know that there's – uh, really, my my son he plays this uh, commander thing, which are these weird hundred card decks and stuff that you know, and they play all multiplayer. But the actual game, you know, is a two player only game, and it is really, honestly, I mean, especially for the longevity and the popularity. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard, but they just released uh, a Lord of the Rings yeah. set. Yeah, I saw that. And did you see that they did this? They found the, the ring. They found, found this the one ring. ring. Yeah. Canada, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some, Canada, you know, Canada, and people have literally offered a million dollars for this card already. Oh I my mean, God. that is just insane. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know why they didn't do it sooner to tell you the truth. I mean, right. Yeah. They must have <laughs> been like, yeah, why are we not? Because I'm sure it sold more packs, people trying to find it. But, sure. um, and I actually am pretty excited because the next set that's coming out is a Doctor Who set. So that is really intriguing to me. Will so, you buy yeah. magic cards? I think I might. I think I might. Wow. Honestly, I actually uh, told Maisie the other day that I would uh, like to do a what's, what's called a draft, which is kind of a, where you just open up packs and make a deck. I'd still only play it one-on-one. I'm not doing any of this uh, you know, multiplayer stuff, but 
uh, with the Lord of the Rings cards because I saw some of them and they're cool looking. I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of fun, you know. Uh, like one of them is called like Second Breakfast and stuff like that. I mean, that's just kind of fun. You know? I thought about going to the game shop just to play the Lord of the Rings one just yeah. for their event because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the IP and I, I don't, I, I've played it like once or twice. Um, one time the Commander uh, decks and then another time like the straight. But I'm glad, I think this might be the first time you've drafted it. And for all that that game has ever meant to you, I, I think it's pretty impressive. That's Very the first true, time you've so. ever drafted that yeah. one. So yep. I 100% support it. All Good right. pick. Magic. Yeah, I, fig- I, I, I figured it was going to be on your list, actually. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. I thought maybe you guys would give me a little bit of greed, you know, because technically it can play more than right, two. Right, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't but intended when first. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. So. All right. Back to you. All right. My last pick is going to be Summoner Wars 2nd Edition. This is one that uh, I discovered this year. For me, it was new to me this year. Um, but I, I just love all the different factions. And there's, I mean, they just keep releasing faction after faction. But they all play so radically different. And it's just a two-player tactical skirmish game essentially on the, on the board uh, with cards um, but uh, it, it's just a, a very fun straightforward kill that other person summoner uh, type game which I, I, I like to have every once in a while so that is so funny to me because this was one of the first 10 games I bought in the hobby probably oh yeah the first edition one <laughs> so it's really funny to me that you and I bought it used but it's really funny to me uh, you know what? I, I would enjoy going back and playing it with you. It wasn't something that I kept, of course, but mm. I, I would enjoy. Yeah, going I couldn't back see it being your type of game, but um, yeah, I, I love the just that the asymmetry of all the different factions and just that tactical nature. Sure, sure. Okay, well, again, this is really tough for me to pick my my final one. I. <sighs> There are so many that I actually want to pick. You know, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Android Netrunner actually. I've get, been getting more into this wow. recently. I, mean, I know. In a million years, that's not what I thought <laughs> no, would come. No, no. So I got the I got the I had J- Jake teach me this a couple years ago at like our cabin con. And then I've been getting more and more into it and there is another um it's it's called uh drive-through cards makes they reprint because the fans have as this has died, the fans have brought it back. And so they have cards and they call it Nisei, which is the corporation. And uh, so I have a Nisei deck with a few different kind of builds and stuff like that for either side. And I, I, I it's, it's the LCG player in me. It's the, like the Marvel and the Lord of the Rings LCGs. I think that's what I like is kind of like dipping my toes. I'm not very good at it, but I really enjoy it. Now it is, it is more fun to learn from somebody teaching because the instructions for this game is really annoying because your hand is called your grip and you know, you're, you've got clicks, which are your actions. It's all this weird analogy stuff that drives me nuts. Anything about the game at all. So it, it, it intimidates me. It's a, it's a really, I mean, when you get past it, it is very magic like in, in that you are building a deck uh, on your own away from the game itself and trying to, you know, manipulate in one way or the other. You know, maybe the corporation's big thing is that they're going to have a lot of money and the uh, the way that you're going to try to hack the system as the as the runner basically is to kind of maximize your clicks, your efficiency actions Um that way basically and so you build decks around these these different ways of doing that and uh i i haven't played a lot of it but it's just it's 
the possibilities feel endless and I don't have the time to, you know, it's a lifestyle kind of game. But every time I played it, I've been super intrigued. But that, again, for this fourth spot, there was a lot of contention. So do you guys have any honorable mentions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, for me, uh, code name is Duet. Oh, yeah. It really it was the only on my, way I'm going to play, yeah. play code names. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I did throw Splendor Duels on the list because that really... It's for, a way better game. Yes, than a way Splendor. better game than Splendor. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if that's going to be good enough to make a two-player list. We need no, but, Splendor, but we yeah. need to play War of the Ring. I've only played it like yeah. one and a half times, and you haven't played it at all. And I think if you got in a play of that, you would really. I mean, it's the yeah. subject matter you love. It is a war game. It's yeah, got a lot of. Oh yeah, I'm, if you like I'm, Lord of the Rings, you'll yeah. definitely like it. I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Brent took it to try to learn it. And then he said his kids kept playing with all the miniatures, so he was like, I gave up on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that hard of a game. Yeah. Uh, I, threw, rules uh, I mean, the other game who I said besides Shot and Todd and the same was Lost Cities. I mean, that is obviously uh, it's a, a classic, classic two-player game. That's a game that I've never so, liked. So, yeah. Was the original, but, but, and, I, and I said, because it is more kind of, well, you just start a row and just hope that you end up drawing into it. There's not a lot of... Right. I'd rather play it, the role so, right. So... They oh, play Lost Cities. Million percent. Yeah, I like the role, yes. the role, but it can play. But that plays force. more yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will tell you that is the one that got my in laws taken off. So they wanted Scrabble. I told you, and or they wanted a replacement for Scrabble for their lunchtime games. They've gone since through three decks of yeah. that game and worn out the cards. And now yeah. my father-in-law tells me that he is the game master in their new game group that that he put together. <laughs> so I love it. I mean, I just love it. So yeah, it's a great one. Uh, I, I mean, I've got a few acres of snow on there. Such a great two player game. I need to play that. And then, uh, no, and then this new 2040, I mean, I think it will eventually, you know, it'll move its, its way up there. I mean, like I said, I don't think anything's going to pass twilight struggle right now, but I think that one's, uh, definitely heading towards the top of my, uh, two player games. James gives it a hard time, but I still think like beer and bread is, I really enjoy beer and bread. I like I beer and bread a quite a bit. Game. I like it. I just don't know how many times I could play it before I'd be like, okay, there's nothing more to explore. Yeah, I mean, it needs probably a little bit. I mean, you see all the cards pretty quickly and all the scoring and all that type of stuff is relatively the same. But I still, I like the the mechanisms there. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you can expand on that a little bit. A couple of the other ones. So Patchwork was a nostalgia pick for me. Ooh, it's just such a classic. Yeah, I had Patchwork on such my Such a classic. List. And then if I was totally going for the Joe Farrell vote, like 100%, I might have picked Keyforge because he and I just play that when we have spare time in between games. And I enjoy Keyforge. Gotcha. Um, and Richie, I'm really surprised that there were no abstract games, which quite a few play it too. Like you are yeah, the abstract I had, guy. I had Czar written down. And I mean, I knew I was going to lose this regardless because I wasn't going to draft twilight struggle or imperial um but you know i didn't want to do even worse if he posts the poll which i don't yeah. think he will <laughs> he but <probably> will. <laughs> depends on if i think i can win <laughs> i mean if i don't get a roll anyways who cares <laughs> so so what do you because another one that was up for contention because joe taught me this game and i'm so intimidated by it but i find it interesting is go have you played go I have not. I have mm -hmm. not. And you know, I'm not an abstract guy, so yeah, I don't yeah. really have a desire. Uh, 
yeah, I just don't have a desire. I just don't want to move marbles around the board. That just doesn't <laughs> sound entertaining to me. Uh, what I'm surprised it didn't, at least I remember, because uh, I think you liked this game better than Richie and I did, was Watergate. I was kind of surprised that that one didn't make it. Yeah, I, I, I do like it. But now, you know, like I would say for the time space that it fills, I would choose now to play like Red Horn or Flashpoint. Um, just that's the kind of headspace. Give me a little bit more depth. I yep. gotcha. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, it's still a good game and still, I'm glad that they made it because of the way people are finding that game and moving to, to other things. But, uh, but it's just not high on my list anymore. And I, I didn't say another one of my favorites, uh, Labyrinth is another one of my oh, favorites, yeah. but oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. once again, that's, it's all, you know, that 18, 1989, you know, they're all in the same kind of vein. So yeah. speaking of which, uh, this is just a plug and you should listen up cleft Two. five games for doomsday. This past week just came out with their episode with Brian train. So it might be nice. worth listening to. I definitely will do that. All yeah. right. I see uh, Ben's out uh, running around uh, good old the USA. Yes, so. he's got some uh, American flag overalls, and yeah. he visited a whole <laughs> bunch of gun stores. I, I saw that picture, too. <laughs> Typical USA store right yep. here. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right, gang. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's winning. That's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, I'm telling you, put us at 0.5 speed, and you'll get no two episodes in one? No. No, no, <laughs> it's even worse. All right. So punch, punch, take care of yourselves and take care of each other, please. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners, as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboard paradise and Facebook at punchboard paradise. glad you're having fun. It's interesting, the ghosts. But you're ruining the tour.